everyone. Welcome to I'm Not a Fan Unless I Have a Podcast. I'm John Hanford. And uh, today's episode, we've got uh, a guy that we know from Instagram. Uh, a lot of us gives heads do. Uh, on Instagram, he's Boogeyman Sam. And he's been putting together a really cool fucking project. Uh, you know, kind of, and we, we discussed this, um, but kind of in, in a similar, uh, it, was, it was based on a similar motivation uh, that I had to start this podcast that, he, that he's had to, uh, to, uh, undertake this, uh, uh, bootleg collection, uh, concept, you know, just taking little clips of all, if you haven't checked it out, uh, go to his Instagram, boogeyman, Sam official, and, uh, and, and ask him for, for a link to download the, um, uh, volume one of the bootleg collection, because, it's cool as shit what he what he did. He took uh, a whole bunch of um, you know live recordings for, uh, that people sent him, uh, a whole bunch of different people's live recordings uh, from the last UK and Europe tour, um, you know, 2019, and he's compiled, he's organized them into individual shows uh, from each of the you know stops on the tour, and that is such a cool idea to me. Um, that, uh, you know, of course, I got the download code from it, um, you know, fr from him about a month ago when he, uh, when he announced it first. And, um, uh, and, and he, was, he was, he sent me the link and he was like, hey, man, love what you're doing with the podcast. And I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, this is very much like a meeting of the minds in a way. And uh, so I was, I was like, yeah, I'll promote the fuck out of that once I uh, once I get back from you know going insane, and um, <laughs> and, and and I was just thinking like, wait, I should just fucking have this guy on because like, uh, you know, I, and and you never know, like like it seems that a lot of people like to keep their online personas separate from uh, their actual, you know, who they are in real life, and I get that. It's, I respect people's privacy, so I wasn't sure if he was one of those uh, kinds of people. Uh, Turns out he's fucking down with whatever. And uh, <laughs> I still respect boundaries, but he's, um, uh, it, it was just such a, a, a cool conversation that we finally had, um, you know, just weeks of, of just me just sitting on, on this bootleg collection uh, that I still haven't fully listened to. I've been dealing with other shit, but um, it's just such a cool concept. And and he explained, you know, his thought behind it, uh, what he's learned from it, and what there might be in the future. And, um, and, and plus that we, on top of that, we talk a lot of, you know, a lot about Giz and, uh, and just our, our own experiences as people who love music and, you know, are going through life. Um, I, th this is just a really fun conversation. Uh, and, you know, Got to give, got to give the UK a shout out, especially uh, you know up in Scotland. Uh, is that that's where Earl is, uh, and it, it's just such a. Uh, I I just love that I'm able to talk with people from all over the world and have these really, you know, fun cerebral musical conversations uh, that in a lot of a lot of times I can't have in real life. Um, you know, some of my friends love music. Uh, some of my friends really could take it or leave it. And, you know, that's to each their own. But, um, uh, and obviously we know that 
not enough of my friends like Giz, which is why I have this podcast. And um, so I just love that I'm able to talk with people all over the world. Uh, it really expands, you know, my own uh, consciousness. And, um, and, and I, I don't know, I, I think it reinforces a lot of my own spirituality and just that like, we're all, you know, if, if we all love the same thing, we will find each other in one way or another. And, and I, I just think that's a, a very cool thing. Uh, Giz is a very unifying band and I'm forever grateful for that. Um, you know, let's just, uh, and we do acknowledge in this episode that uh, King Gizzard is basically a cult, um, you know, and, and it's full of a lot of really nice people, but uh, you know, what cult isn't? And um, so what I'm saying is like, you know, we should be cognizant of, of this. And uh, also just make sure that, you know, uh, never does this become a death cult. Just a little thing that I'm, that's, you know, just been on my paranoid mind. I've been smoking a lot of weed, trying to cut back, trying to be less paranoid and just enjoy my fucking sober life. It's hard because it's, uh, you know, fucking Great Depression 2.0 and the pandemic. So uh, anyway, before we go, get all doom and gloom here, Let's get right into this episode. Here is Earl, aka Boogeyman Sam. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Um, so good. Yeah, I mean, so happy, you, you, happy to be here. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Thank you for being here. It's uh, um, I like like once once you released these uh the boogie or no the bootleg collection volume one. I was like, shit, I gotta talk to this guy. Uh, unfortunately, it was uh like just as I was like kind of you know, about to snap mentally. So I was like, I, this will have to be in the back burner for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. It gives you but, some time uh, to listen to it as well, you know? Yeah. Which un unfortunately I've, I've only been able to listen to, um, uh, to like the first two shows on it. I, I still haven't transferred all of it over to my, to my Spotify playlist yet. Um, but I really love the concept of it. And I, and I love the commentary that you provided uh, in, in the download. So um, I guess, what was, you know, just to start, what was your thinking in getting that uh, project going? Well, it was, oddly enough, believe it or not, it was uh, thanks to Bob Dylan. Um, I'm a big Bob Dylan fan, and every year, him or his estate or his company or whatever, release the bootleg series, and it's been going on for years. Sometimes it's a, a gig here or there, or it's a collection of gigs. And last year they released um, Live 1975. I think it was 14 or 15 CDs and it was a, a thick box, you know? Oh, yeah. And I think that just got in my head. And it was a dream I had. I had this dream where I had this thick box of, it was the Europe 2019 Tour of King Gizzard. It's a really colorful box. It was nice. Uh, each CD was just like I've made it on the actual release. Each one was the, the poster for the show, just like what um, Jason did with the three live albums for the yeah. Bushfire release. Um, so there's had all these CDs in the stream. And then I, just, I think I just woke up the next day and remembered it and drove to work thinking about it the whole way there. I've got about a 30 minute commute, thinking about it all day. And I was just thinking, you know, I wonder how much stuff is actually online that I could download and organize. And that was basically it. And then I started it from there. and straight away it just took off i mean um i posted about it on reddit before i'd even done anything i'd post about it on reddit and so many replies people sending me so many links and footage and audio it was so good it came together so well man 
missing a lot of stuff, but I think it came together really well. Worked out yeah. quite well. I mean, I, I was really impressed with uh, with how much you're able to to sort because, like, at, at first, you know, be, before I knew, uh, you know, who the Boogeyman Sam identity was, I thought the Boogeyman Sam was really just the, you know, the account for the sound guy. Turns out he's right. on a t different account, which I then decided to follow. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. like, it, it was it was so cool to to like see. Um, all the love that you put into this because it it seemed as if you were honestly like just basically in cahoots with the band um and just like you know you know like you said you said like you weren't able to get all the songs for uh for every yeah. concert and and some some of them were just uh snippets but uh but I, I was just like wow so maybe they don't record all of all the shows i'm an idiot wow. <laughs> but uh That's a yeah, it's, it's, I, I said it the whole time, it's basically by Gizheads for Gizheads because I couldn't have done it myself, you know. I, I went to three of the shows on the tour, um, which is a very small portion of it, obviously. But, you know, we're quite lucky that so many people go to these shows and record them. Mm -hmm. That was the thing that I quite liked was, take the London, for example, I had multiple people sending me their recordings, so I had a choice to go through find the best ones to put on the collection if you know what i mean like someone sent me um i think it was about a 20 minute video of it was uh the mind fuzz medley and crumbling castle from london mm -hmm. excellent quality excellent footage but i just had to rip the audio you know whereas somewhere else someone else had sent me poor quality audio you know so it was just try to find the best of each one you know but it's it all done within two or three months so you know, I guess if I'd kept at it, you know, I could have maybe found other sources. There's other people out there, I'm sure, with some recordings. But, you know, I just want to get it out there and make a start, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I actually love what, uh, I, I just love that project. I mean, because it, it reminds me, like, a lot of just, like, just kind of how this podcast all came together. I was just like, fuck, I can't get on stage to do stand-up comedy anymore, like, and and my friends will not tolerate me talking about King Gizzard anymore. Like I, <laughs> we got to combine, and yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I and I like I just I've loved all the conversations that I've had on here. So many different perspectives on uh, on yeah. all sorts of uh, um, you know items that are King that are Giz related, and then it's it's just really cool. It's kind of a breath of fresh air when I hear of a project like yours where it's. Uh, you know, it's also done like out of love and just like wanting to share stuff with the whole pan, uh, fan base. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The way I, I sort I, of looked at it was that it was sort of inevitable someone was going to do it, you know? And basically it was just, you know, getting in there and making it, making it a thing, you know? Yeah. It's, but it's really tough though to, you know, you want to put your voice out there and get these recordings, but that's tough, you know, beginning, you know? Now that, yeah. say, I don't know, when we get to five volumes and, I don't know, there's thousands of people following it. No, it's going to happen. But, you know, my, people then might send me stuff from, you know, London 2019, which I've already released. So it's it's just that trying to get everything before you release it is quite tough. But, you know, just try and do what you can. Yeah. I, I, I do love it, though. Like, um, like, like has there... And this is just me spitballing here, uh, but but just a, an idea popped into my head. Like, somebody could probably make like a video, like doing some some kind of you know 
digital like uh, uh, video art, you know, like visuals similar to, you know, how Galea does, you know, on the shows, like they could do a video to the actual bootleg collection. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just feel like that's a spinoff project that's inevitable for some visual artist. <laughs> that, that's a fan. 100%, 100%. I mean, it's, the whole thing was that, you know, I, you know, I was just trying to do it just for the love of, you know, the music of the band, for the fans, you know, by the fans, for the fans. So if anyone wants to take the footage, wherever this, the audio, take it, you know, it's, I'm not, I don't own it. That's yeah, yeah. my main thing, you know, that's the main thing. Do what you want. Yeah. So, and, and you know, you mentioned that, that Dylan inspired you with the, uh, you know, with, with that 15 volume or 15 yeah. CD. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's 15 volumes. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, so before, uh, like before you decided to pursue this project, like, have you ever, uh, you know, personally been a bootleg recorder or do you have much experience no, with that or? Not at all. Not at all. It's absolutely everything about it was new to me, which I quite, it was a bit scary, but I quite liked, um, you know, everything about it from the, um, simply like say I took a video and I take the audio from it. I don't have a clue how to do that. So I've sort of taught myself to do that, you know, um, same with YouTube. I've got no experience with YouTube whatsoever, other than watching videos, yeah. but, um, I had to work out how the hell do you put, I know it probably sounds really stupid and easy to some people. How do you put audio and get album art, you know, in a clip and then put that on YouTube? I had to work all that out, which I have done. So I've learned quite a lot from it, you know, mm-hmm. it took quite a while, obviously, but um, yeah, it's just bootlegging is new to me. It's not something that I've ever done simply because I don't have the resource. I don't know how you go and record these things. You get people like Mystery Jack, who's got his own gear and he takes it to every show. You know, he I knows mean, what he's doing. That that guy, I mean, he's a he's a goddamn treasure. Blessing, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, j- just like, like I remember last year, he did the. Um, I mean, he had a few recordings, but he he did the the Milwaukee gig and the DC gig. I think um, that were. I mean, the Milwaukee one for sure. I know he did, uh, and and that one was just so cool because you got to hear. Uh, uh, Cookie sing live for the first time in forever. Oh, and, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so I guess of the, uh, uh, since I guess volume one of the bootlegs was the UK Euro tour. Um, mm. What's in store for the, uh, uh, the other volumes? Is, is it going to be different tours? Yeah. Well, I've got a couple of ideas. Like I say, I've been trying to sort of build an archive of live recordings. So I've, I've got quite a lot of stuff ranging right from, when they were beginning, I've got sort of pre-King Gizzard bands and stuff as well. So I was thinking maybe at some point, um, I'd like to get something like all their pre-King Gizzard projects. I don't know how many more, put them together as a, a volume, you know. Um, stuff, you know, any random tours, the Mexico tours, quite quite a lot of stuff about that I'd like to put on. Um, I've mainly found a lot of stuff about um, sort of Mind Fuzz 2015 in America. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be two. Um, but I'd also, you know, maybe a Gizfest collection, every fucking show from that, you know, <laughs> work out something. I've got a couple of ideas, but like I said, it's just a case of trying to get as much as I can. And, you know, if I've got, oh, there's five shows in a row, that could maybe be a volume. The problem we have is that obviously the band are bigger now than they've ever been. They're getting massive. And yeah. there were more recordings from last year, I think, than there's been in the past you know eight years of the band or whatever yeah so it's a case of there's a lot more recordings now than there were from 2015 2014 you know 
So there's not as much from back then that I can put together. That's the problem. So that's why there's, I'm not in any rush to release anything, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Volume 2 will be out by the end of the year, but it's just a case to take my time and make sure and get stuff organized. I, I, I think that's a good approach. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I mean, because Giz is going to be putting out a new album before before then. Yeah. So so that, sh- that should have people, uh, you know, held over pretty good. Um, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I've absolutely loved uh, each of the, the new singles that they've dropped, um, yeah. you know, for the new album. Uh, what, what, what's been your, uh, what's been your take on it? Well, um, Honey was first, wasn't it? I, yeah. um, I, it took me a, a few listens to get into Honey, but then when I did, I thought it was really, really good. And, um some of us i got oh, i absolutely love that's probably my favorite of them all so far straws yeah. again is i'm taking my time to get into it i've only listened to it maybe five or six times so far but with each listen i'm liking it more and more the video is so fucking good man but um yeah i'm excited for what they actually do with the full album yeah um i mean straws in the wind is uh like like, like that i i loved it instantaneously or, or i guess like the first uh the, my first listen through i was like okay i think this might be my favorite ambrose song but i okay. can't be sure so i have to you know continue listening and then it, it just hammered that point home even more yeah. <laughs> so um but you know the, at first i was like this is a little weird like why is it going directly into ambrose singing but obviously whatever track comes before that we'll we'll find out it'll make sense yeah um but it's uh yeah i i just uh loved it it, it like straws in the wind for me uh just in at this juncture in time it seemed incredibly relevant um because okay. I, I don't know if you've uh um i i don't know if you if you've watched the new netflix documentary the social dilemma but oh. it's basically talking about everything that straws in the wind is talking about <laughs> and oh, really? um, with a lot of very like eerily similar imagery too to the video um is there someone with a leaf blower in their face not not the leaf blower but <laughs> but, but like but, but just like the setting where uh where cgi or cgi ambrose is uh is oh, break dancing they've got yeah. a very similar uh, uh piece of imagery in this new documentary that dropped huh. like a week ago uh so it's it's very i don't know it feels serendipitous um and uh and and yeah it's it's really just sort of hit me on a certain level um oh nice what was it called again uh it's it's called the social dilemma and it's it's a completely terrifying documentary it's it's about basically it's about how like you know social media has pretty much become designed to scare everybody uh and that's the business model and here's how destructive that might be in itself and it the the irony is that like here we are watching that on netflix for our entertainment <laughs> it's just like here's your yeah. demise being fed right back to you um so i, I just, yeah that that irony was not lost on me at all <laughs> <That's good. laughs> now have to check it out man i've got so much to catch up on i yeah. said i've not even barely touched um what i've been doing with the the bullet collection recently i've just not had a chance but I say there's no real rush, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, I mean, do, do you find that like when you, like after you've devoted a whole bunch of time to a project and then you just take some time off and then you come back to it later, like you find that like, that's exactly what you needed for it? I think so, yeah. Um, because like I say, the first one, um, I think it 
spent basically all April, maybe and half of May this year. It was just like non-stop. And then when I raced it, that was sort of it. I sort of washed my hands with it in a way. I mean, I, was, I had so many people messaging me for it and obviously sent it to them. But I just, ah, take a break, you know. And then recently when I started getting back into this, it was a bit strange because I'd sort of forgotten what all that I'd learned, you know, it was all new to me. So, yeah, it's the break was good. It's it's worth having a break, but um, it, I'm finding it a bit hard to get back into the swing of things just now. But it'll come to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I I think it's just good never to you know to like not force anything, uh, yeah, to happen. Like like especially any sort of endeavor like that, it, it does require a lot of creativity, especially if you're going to be giving. Uh, good commentary on you know on the shows themselves like yeah um, yeah yeah I I I get that completely um, yeah so how did you get into Giz in, in the first place like that, that's a question I ask everybody and it's always fascinating to me uh, well I've always been a big fan of psychedelic music really um, mainly like fuzzy psych really I, I should love a nice fuzzy tone you know yeah. I remember it was actually an NME um, review of I'm in your mind fuzz and it's just the name combination just with the word fuzz really I'm in your mind fuzz King Gizra and Liz were like, oh that's pretty interesting turned it on and just that you know four clicks of the sticks and that was that was the change for me you know um, from there it's, it just sort of took off um, it wasn't really until I heard Gamma Knife that I really got into them like that was the major turning point for me yeah uh that was definitely my turning point into like getting more into their uh like actual like hard rock psych yeah, stuff yeah yeah um like I, I was i was talking with a guy uh um a couple episodes ago about how like somehow my first time listening to nonagon infinity i didn't realize that the whole album was an infinite loop I just figured like all the songs just bled into each other because that's what King Gizzard does. Um, but yeah. Gamma Knife was the only song on that album that really spoke to me initially. Uh, oh, right. and, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I remember when the, when the video came out for it, um, I just ended up like keeping it on repeat. I thought it was just so good. You know, visually the video's great, but the song was just so good. And it just really, really hooked me in. Between obviously Mindfuzz and then you had... Um, quarters and you had paper mache which i never got into at the time i did like i think it was more the hard rock and stuff i was a fan of you know it wasn't until i got into gamma knife into nonagon then i started looking back on their back catalog and then i realized how good oddments was you know yeah it was it took me a, a while to get properly into them but once it did man there's there's no going back you know yeah dude like it, it was such a I mean, like sometimes I, I wish I could just go back in time to when I first discovered King Gizzard yeah, and just yeah. re-experience that. Yeah. I mean, because it, it, it was just like, like I, I was just beside myself. I was like, these guys, how do you have the time? And how are, are these guys like for the most part younger than I am? Yeah. <laughs> like it just made me it's feel so unaccomplished. Um, literally like opening the door. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. dude. It, it, it totally was. Um, and like, you know, my first... Uh, you know, my, my, my first foray into King Giz was uh, Polygon Dwanaland. So Crumbling Castle oh. was the first song that I heard. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. and, and just going into that, you know, going into Polygon Dwanaland and 
And I mean, that was an album that I needed to really chew on for a while to, to get into okay. it. Because like I was, I had this dilemma of like, are they actually good and interesting or are they just trying to be as weird as possible for the sake of being weird and just trying to monetize the weirdness? Um, turns out they're, and then like I, I watched a video and I was like, oh wait, no, these guys are really into it. And like, yeah. they're just playing what they want to do. And that, yeah. that just, and once I saw it from that perspective, I was like, all right, they can throw anything at me and I will learn to appreciate it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's funny because, I mean, now compared with what I thought of the band, you know, three or four years ago, it's completely different. Like back then, anytime I heard something, I'd, ah, oh, right, okay. And it, I wouldn't really be that interested. It wasn't until I would really have to keep listening keep something on repeat to get into it whereas now I listen to anything and I'm like basically straight away I'm like this is either really good King Gizzard or it's kind of okay King Gizzard there's never bad King Gizzard let's get that straight yeah. but it's it usually takes me a while to get into something I find as well and um, it's not until I hear the full album do I really appreciate the individual singles yeah likes of um Rattlesnake when I first heard that I wasn't interested in it I, I thought oh it's just repeating the same word over and over. Then when the album came out, I said, actually, it fits in with everything else really well, and it's actually a really, really, really good song, you know? It's, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's like the full album experience is completely different to a single, you know? Yeah, definitely. And so Flying America Total Banana was, uh, that, that was like really the album that, that hooked me. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, like Rattlesnake is probably my least favorite song on the album. Uh, yeah. and, but I would always listen to it, uh, you know, simply because you had to, in, or, in order to really experience the magic of yeah. melting. And, um, and, and like, and also just, it's, it's a hilarious song to me. I mean, just you're writing a, a song about rattlesnakes that's actually just loads of misinformation <laughs> like <laughs> um i because like i i live in the desert i've had a few rattlesnake encounters and um they're largely misunderstood creatures but <laughs> but it was just such a fun uh song and, and it's, it's just i mean like it just gets like my my mind changed on on rattlesnake when i saw it played live i was like oh. okay this is legitimately a fun time um and and like they don't care that it's you know that it's not a you know a scientific song. It's like yeah, yeah. It's just a bunch of guys having fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just fucking around and and like what a what an idea. Like and then Ambrose has got the little clicky thing. Um, yeah, yeah. The the, the rattler yeah. or whatever you call it. Adds so much. I can tell you a couple of um, good rattlesnake stories. Was the uh, first time I saw them was in Glasgow in twenty eighteen. I think um, I think rattlesnake was second or third song they played and they just started it they got through the intro and Stu blew his amp and it was just unreal because the whole song stopped and then Joey of course starts fucking about and then I don't know how they got a new amp or something and then he just carried on it was so good and then um, another time also in Glasgow I um, went to see Mac DeMarco and um when I was, I think I was in the queue to get my jacket or something afterwards, and some guy in the queue just starts shouting rattlesnake, like the, the chorus. <laughs> and he's a bit in front of me, and the way the queue went, it sort of snaked, you know? 
And he kept on shouting at <laughs> He was obviously drunk. It wasn't until I sort of I was close to him in the queue. I was sure I don't even see it, but I've got the fucking gears. Oh yeah, the gator. Um, as I just pointed out with the guy, and then we just became buddies, you know, just like that. That's all it takes. Um, my favourite though was um, last year in uh, Glasgow when they played Rattlesnake again, and I was with my friend and his dad, and his dad's in his forties or something. He just went because his son was going to visit too, yeah. and, and um, his my mate's dad. He's obviously not a big fan of the band. Wasn't really aware of them, but he I think he went out for a piss and came back when Rattlesnake was playing. But he didn't know the band or anything. But everyone was chanting Rattlesnake, Rattlesnake. But he didn't know the words, so he started chanting Rebel State, Rebel <laughs> State. <laughs> Man, so good. Oh, but that's part of why I love them, you know, because you can just join in, even if you don't know the word. Have a good yeah, time. You, you, know, you know what's wild is uh, I saw a gizzard last year in, in Central Park in New York. And, oh. um, and, and, and like, I was actually really frustrated that show uh, just with the crowd because, like, I was, I was on acid. And I, I could just tell, like, the, the rest of the uh, – just a lot of – there was a lot of negativity in the air. And, oh. um, and j- just, oh. like – like I could just tell it was like a lot of people who had just heard of King Gizzard. Oh. And, and so like, it was very much, I realized there was a very steep learning curve for people um, because uh, like people are saying, play rattlesnake. And then some girl behind me just starts just yelling. Yeah. Battle snake. Like sort of the hybrid between your friend's dad and the actual thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least she was trying, man. <laughs> I mean, Hey, you could really use a battle snake in a rebel state, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> that sounds like some sort of concept album. That there, it's just a matter of time before they do something with that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, good God! I mean, with, with with all that they have to play on in world in real world events, and then combined with their oh. own fantasy, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I mean, I and that, that's that's something that I just um, it gives me a lot of anxiety, but I also. Like just, I, I sit in awe of of just the notion that, like, the uh, like the possibilities are endless, are literally endless because they aren't. Like, I don't see them going anywhere. Like, like they're good enough friends. They seem, they seem to have a good enough working relationship and personal relationship that like, they all their side projects and whatnot. But like, can you really see Giz ending or like not or going anywhere? I, not really, no. I mean, I mean, obviously Eric was a surprise um, leaving the band, but mm-hmm. really, I think unless maybe Stu or Joey were to leave, then it would be sort of a drastic change. Don't get yeah. me wrong, it's awful we're losing Eric, but I, you know, he's sort of been taking a backseat for a long time. I mean, paper mache is credited as nothing, you know? So yeah. it's been sort of coming for a while, but no, I, I don't see them I don't think they can stop, man. It's that's part of why I love them because I didn't think five years ago we'd have as much material as they've released. So who knows what's to come? Yeah, I mean, you know, they've because they've got by the end of this year they'll have sixteen full length albums. Um, you know, I mean, seventeen. I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I know Willby's Beach was technically an EP, but just like, yeah, it has the know. length. It has the length of an LP. Why not just call that the first album? um yeah but i can't uh, can't do this yeah oh you you, 
you, you you can't listen to it or no no so i count it as an album oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's why uh, i say yeah <laughs> but it was um but i mean i'm just thinking like in the last five years so that's you know since 2015 that's most of their discography like uh you yeah, know basically yeah. that's literally everything after mind fuzz like that's you know quarters not a gone paper mache and uh the five albums yeah. from 2017 I mean, we're. I, I, I see it as um, Mind Fuzz being sort of the turning point of the band. I know you could argue that Nonagon was because that's really when they sort of got famous. But for me, I think maybe because it's the first album I heard, that's where there's sort of Mind Fuzz onwards and there's before. I love it all, but that's the way I sort of view it, if that makes sense. I can just. There's before Mind Fuzz and after. Yeah, well, I mean, because if it weren't for Mind Fuzz, there wouldn't like there might not be the giz verse you know um yeah, yeah. it's like that i mean that definitely was the uh the precursor to the turning point uh you know 100 percent. yeah wait i but uh, on but to your point i i you could say that that is the turning point because that is when they decided we're gonna go in this uh like really complex yeah. themed direction uh you know, yeah, with, before that, they were just sort of making music, really. There's, you know, again, with the Gizverse, you see people making all these charts and what links to what, but there's never really much before Mindfuzz, you know, that that is really, I would say, the turning point, to me at least. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, because like they definitely were a concept band, you know, right from the get go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, it's interesting to think like that was that they were a concept band even with you know like 12 bar um just because like what what kind of punk or garage band is gonna like do a concept album like or yeah. have any real theme um yeah but then you look at all of a sudden changing to eyes like the sky that's unlike any other album to me you know but especially oh, from a, a garage rock band you know it's yeah so out of the left field yeah yeah, and and Augments was just fun because it's like all their, you know, like songs that didn't really fit. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, basically Gumboot uh, 1.0. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Same sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I love all the old stuff. Like, I consider uh, the old stuff, to, like, if we're going to go with the Gizverse theme, I, I just consider the old stuff to be, you know, like, uh, just like little fragments from random points in time in the future just in time space that Good way you know, looking at it. yeah <laughs> you know and and then like beginning with mind fuzz and into the rest like then you can it, it sort of gives them context you know yeah uh yeah yeah that's one way of looking at it yeah yeah, yeah but, I mean, it's, it's, that's what i really like about it it's just that i mean i can like before it was a bit different but now i can just put on any of their albums and just really enjoy it you know before it was take me a bit to get into augments or, you know, float along or whatever. But now, no, I can just enjoy anything. And that's, and it's, the thing is, I never get tired of them either. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I can listen to them a hundred times and they're still just as good as when I first heard it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that's just something that, that kind of blows my mind. You know, just on a daily basis, I'm just like, what do I want to listen to? And I just go down to the K section. And the problem is, like, I've got, there are a lot of bands that begin with K that I really love. Like, you know, yeah. King Gizzard, obviously, Krongbin, Kikigaku Moyo, Kesha. Like, it's just everybody, it's like I'm, yeah. I'm just lost in the Ks. And, um, and then I keep finding myself, you know, going back to King Gizzard because, like, just 
below because they're right below Krungbin and just right. above Leah Senior. Like it's, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's it's almost annoying. Uh, <laughs> are you into so are you into King Crimson at all? Uh, people have been telling me I need to get into them, and I just have not listened yet. Ah, man, do yourself a favor. Just, just you can't go wrong with their first album, but um, Red is my favorite. It's like five tracks, but it's just prog rock goodness, and you you'll love it. Just yeah, listen to either of those. Yeah, I, I, I it's it's a long time coming. I'll be doing some road trips soon, so uh, oh, yeah, well. that that'll be good for that. Too <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, right. Yeah, uh, but you know, back back to uh, back to Eric leaving. Um, what was uh, like? What what what's what went through your mind when you first heard the news, and and like how have your views? you know, changed well, if at all since? Um, well, first of all, when I, it was the picture that I saw um, for the post, I got a notification where, and I obviously thought, thought the worst, you know, when I saw just this picture with bad news. Oh, you know. And then, yeah, it sort of, I sort of, yeah, it was, I, I know it's for the better that he's wanting to focus more on flightless or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like I say, he's been taking a backseat and I know, Cavs has been doing a lot of the drumming for quite a while now so it's hard to see if it'll make a big difference I think live is where we'll find out because are they going to film have someone you know take a seat or is Cavs going to do it all you know that's what I'm really most curious about to see what they'll do live um but like I say it's the studio music is what I listen to the most you know done all this bootleg stuff but um mm-hmm. you know it's i'll be interested to see what happens there but if you know the new tracks are anything go by i think i'll survive without them you know it's don't get me wrong i love them but it still sounds the same if you know what i mean it still sounds the same as it has before the drumming at least but like i say it'll be interesting to see what happens live yeah i mean i i've i've been toying with the idea that that they'll that they will get a new live drummer um yeah. and 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 like maybe that would just be uh Cavs's fiance you know Amy Finlay of uh oh, yeah, Stonefield of um yeah. but at the same time that's that'd be a lot to throw in your you know significant other just be like hey learn all of my songs like yeah <laughs> but it's not um, like that it's it's introducing a new member to this band that everyone you know so many people love each member and it's all these memes and everything so yeah i think even introducing a new member to the band just now is quite a big thing you know it's i don't think it's an easy seat to fill just now yeah you know it, it's um but you know like other thoughts i've had on it is like you know maybe this is just you know get, king gizzard is always going to be changing something like that's what they've yeah. you know made a habit of doing every time that they're releasing anything and you know they don't really hold on to things of the past that much um yeah i mean like like after the cyboogie video and uh and and, you know single premiere they they just gave away the uh all the props from the music video like yeah yeah. taking up space you can have it and um but like and obviously when i when i heard that eric you know something happened to eric same thing i was just like fuck did he die And, and my first thought was just like we uh this is where we all realized this is where we learned that eric was the glue holding the whole thing together and um (laughs) and then thank god he's alive uh and just (laughs) just focusing on flightless because um like 
what, what I have a feeling he's going to do is like, you know, Eric is a genius in his own right. And he's not, uh, it's, it's not like he's going to just stop working. Like, it's not like the work was just too much. It's that yeah. he needs to budget his time better. And he realized that. And it's just like, if we want to actually make Flightless like a legitimate, uh, like yeah. a real, a profitable label, but also a label, and this is just me projecting, but like also a label that invests in artists that I, the owners, uh, legitimately love, like we got to be that mega, uh, that mega love label, you know? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> that's it. I think it's, it's, he's taken a very brave step and taking a step back because like you say, yeah, they're, they're growing. And obviously with the constant touring, the constant fucking output they do, there's no way he can do that and manage the, the label in a way you're saying to keep producing all this talent. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was, it was either the band or the label really. And he's made his choice and you know, we can, I'm sure we'll all live with it. You know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly don't see any negatives to it uh, at, at, no. at this point, just because, like, you know, if not for Flightless, we wouldn't have this much King Gizzard. Um, and and that always, and I'm pretty confident that that always will be the, uh, you know, the quintessential Flightless band, you know. Oh, 100%. 100%. Just, uh, obviously. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I just think that there's a good possibility that, uh that more bands are going to come to the label that they're that in some way the label will you know flightless will do significantly great things and i have no yeah. idea what that might be yeah and that's that's quite exciting that it's just the not knowing of what's to come because pretty much everything on flightless is gold everything everything i listen to every artist i love you know it's i don't know if it's just what it is but it's either they've got great taste on the artists they pick or it's just the name flightless but there's something about their label is just brilliant every artist on there is great yeah i i mean like uh, i've uh i've listened to a few of the artists you know obviously uh uh you know king gizzard stonefield leah senior uh tropical fuckstorm and uh you know murlocs beans all you know a, a lot of them there but there's still a whole bunch that i haven't really uh gotten into uh okay. you know like uh like grace cummings i listened to her uh, most recent album um uh, once through and i thought it was good and i never went back to it um and uh and i'm sure there are a whole bunch i mean like you know orb traffic island like those are also bands that i haven't really explored that deeply all right okay. um like I, I saw orb live last year on on tour and i they didn't really do much for me live. Um, okay. But then when I saw Tr Chunky Shrapnel, I was like, wait, this Zach guy is fantastic. Like, <laughs> I love everything yeah. about this dude. I'm just like, why doesn't... Well, his... Yeah. His, um, by I love, or particularly the, the first one. Um, I mean, I like them all. But uh, yeah, his Traffic Island is so much different. And the first island... Um, Nature Strip by Traffic Island. That's a really good album. I really like that one. But the second one, so much different. I've not got into it. That's, you know, I don't know if that's the way he's going to take it. It's going to be a bit more experimental or what. But the first album, Nature Strip, was really, really good. I'd like more of that, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's good that, to see someone developing their sound and changing it, which, you know, is okay. But like I say, it's just 
not exactly what I was looking for, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. And, and like, like, like I, I don't know if you, if you feel this as much, as much as I do, but like, you know, so like I, I just turned 30 and a lot of these flightless bands are, you know, around like my age. I, I don't, yeah. I, I, I can't tell what age you are. <laughs> 26. Okay. Yeah. So around our age is, yeah. uh, is, is where all these, these bands are. And like, there are so many different, you know, changes that you go through, like through your twenties and, and early thirties from what I've been, been told um, that like, it's, it's just fascinating to me to hear like how all these bands, you know, develop uh you know in 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 their sound because like i don't think there's any uh you know there's any coincidence that it's also it also has to do with how old they are um, yeah yeah you know and just how what what feels right to them and yeah i i just love watching uh you know musicians develop into into like really interesting acts yeah i i the one thing that it's sort of similar um I was thinking about was um, Mick Jagger said, I think he said if he was 40 and still singing Satisfaction, he would kill himself. I'm looking at him now, he's almost 80, you know? So <laughs> I like to think that, you know, when Stu's 80, he's still playing Rattlesnake, you know? I, but who yeah. knows? <laughs> I mean, they, they cut back significantly on Rattlesnake uh, last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're sick of it. You know? I, mean, uh, I mean, Joey once <laughs> introduced it as the most annoying song in the world. Or most annoying song ever written. Uh, <laughs> oh, that says all. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It, it's just so cool that they have so many different songs. And like, I honestly didn't mind that I didn't hear Rattlesnake last year. Um, it would have, like, it would have been nice to hear it once, but I, I left fulfilled because I had heard them play the Horology uh, uh, Suite, and yeah. that was just, I mean it. Like that is such a polymetric suite, just in how those songs are, are, are written. That when they're played live, it it's, it has so much more depth than uh, than even Crumbling Castle or the Fourth Color, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, you know, percent. Just because um, there are so many other, you know, whereas Crumbling Castle and Fourth Color, it's way more hard rock. You know, mm -hmm. like there's way more progression with. Uh, yeah, I, I sort of see it like sort of. Um, like Crumbly Castle, Ratsnake, they could play that with their eyes closed, you know, but the likes of the suite and that, they would actually have to think about it and that makes the performance a bit better because they're not just, you know, playing, they're actually thinking about what they're doing, they're having a good time, they're wanting to put on a good show, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I know what you, you mean, it's, it's good for them to have some variety in their songs. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's just a, such a different sonic experience from what i was ex expecting <laughs> which I, I i guess goes into you know you should never expect anything uh when you go to yeah, a, when you go to a show <laughs> but um yeah i mean it, it was just such a it was just so cool to, to see how fresh they're able to keep their surprises um yeah man well when i um like i said i followed them for three shows last year and um on the last night in manchester um it was completely different because you had Cookie doing Down the Sink for a start, which was a highlight for me. Yeah. Um, also had Cutthroat Boogie, man. That's unreal, man, from Ambrose. Yeah, yeah Cutthroat might be... Uh, that, that's another one of my um, favorite Ambrose songs. Cause mm. It's just like, just sheer, just... Ah! I, yeah. just I just love it. Like, Yeah, um, I'm surprised they don't play it more often. Like, that's, that's a stomper, you know? But I think it's, like we were saying, it's 
from the early stuff that not everyone listens to. Like say it's I think yeah. a lot of people are getting into them more, more now, so they're used to these newer songs. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because then you get people like us that enjoy the old stuff. When you hear it live, it's unreal, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Just like th- there's been a lot of uh, uh, you know shit talk about the new uh, about the songs that have come out from the new album so far. You know, just yeah. like on on the uh, probably on Reddit. I don't go on there, uh, but you know, like on the Facebook groups. Um, there's been there's been some some pretty shitty hot takes in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> okay. And, and and I'm just like, just try like it's always worked out. Like remember when everybody yeah. hated sketches? Like yeah, when sketches was the butt of every joke. Like all of a sudden Eric was able to like you know have a breather for a minute. Like it was. Um, everyone uh, loves it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm just like, yeah, sketches obviously a great album. Just like at this point, how can you not just trust them and just like and just fucking put on that blindfold, let them take you with them. You know? Yeah, it's it's like it's, I always think about in the future is what will people in fifty years think of King Gizzard now? And mm-hmm. I mean, Led Zeppelin famously their first album got panned by like Rolling Stone and stuff. People hated yeah. it. But then you look back on it now and it's absolutely amazing. But yeah, it's yeah, I don't get I don't get how people can make a snap judgment like that. You know, fair enough. Yeah, I might not be interested in the song at first, but once I keep listening to it, I get really into it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's much the same. I just, yeah, they can't go wrong, man. Yeah, you, you know, and, and like, it, admittedly, you know, an album that I still have yet to fully get into is uh, is Fishing for Fishies. Um, okay. You know, like, like I, I love the concept of the album, and there are some songs on it that I think are just tremendous, and I, I, I love them. But in terms of that. Uh, like that that might be my least favorite Giz album just because it doesn't okay you know tug at me that much um that said like you know wh- when they play the bird song live or uh um uh, or or this thing like i i or or shit i got to see Akron live and i mean oh, I, I those songs are just great um yeah. and but listening to it live is completely different to the studio that's the the thing you know yeah yeah, yeah, it's, it's I, such um, a different experience. I it's weird because I really like fishing fishes. I've listened to a hundred times, but I couldn't tell you the names of all the songs on it. If that makes sense, I just yeah, I can put it on and just listen to it, and I, I really enjoy it. But yeah, I couldn't name every song of it. But it's a good album. I like it. It, it, it. So the thing is, like, I know it's a good album, uh, and and I love how it does just sort of take you on, you know, like this floaty journey, like down a river, basically. Yeah. without being the river itself but like you know because obviously fishing for fishies is very much an establishing shot in a way you know like if you're, yeah. you're going to use like uh cinematography uh lingo for this um like it, it's just a great establisher for you know the beginning of the album like yeah we're just fishing yeah. fishies, yeah. floating down and just enjoying that soothing harmonica and acoustic guitar and then and then all and then it just ends with uh side boogie uh like electro <laughs> thing yeah yeah, yeah um and, and you know, which is, I, I and just the whole the whole way this the album sounds as it progresses, I yeah. like I, I it honestly makes sense that you wouldn't be able to pick out in individual songs just because of just how it's, seamlessly it flows. Yeah, and it's it flows really well, but it's also very varied. Like you say, it's 
acoustic at the start and it's very electro at the end. That's again, that's just why I love them because you never know what you're getting. Everything is different. Every album's different. Yeah. I, you'll probably be the same, but when I try to recommend the band to people, they'll say, Oh, yeah, what kind of music do they play? It's well, what are you into? You know, and there's so many genres and it's that's what I love about them because there's no band like them, you know, they're just yeah. everything's different. Yeah. And, and also, and another thing that I've just realized just in trying to get my friends to listen to them or at least give them the, you know, a chance yeah. uh, is just that like, they're, they're, it's, you're not going to be able to convince anybody to listen to them if they're not willing themselves to uh, like really just take that dive and be like, let's like, Hey, this is an interesting change in your personality. Like maybe I should see what that's all about. Like it's, it's, it's never, it's never <laughs> like, yeah. like that's never been the approach that, uh, you know, my friends have taken with, uh, with trying to listen to them. They're just like, all right, at best it's like, what album uh, would you recommend? Or, or like, what song should I listen to? I'm just like, Oh man, it's so subjective. Wow. <laughs> yeah yeah that's just it it's just it's so tough to nail down with like what to recommend to people so i, I just always like say mind fuzz was the one that got me into them so i usually recommend that it's if you get into that or nonagon really either of those mm -hmm. if you get into it then i think you can enjoy everything else if that makes sense you know it's they're good starting points yeah i i mean i would definitely say uh and you know some people like they they want the you know like the softer stuff or jazzier and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll be like, yeah, sketches. Cause that is yeah, a, yeah. a lot of people do really like that on first listen. Um, yeah. you know, my, my, that's that is a good my, album. Yeah. I mean, it's probably my parents' favorite album. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if they had to pick one and if, if I mm -hmm. gave them the title of it, but, um, yeah, like, uh, you know, but like I, you know, one time I recommended paper mache dream balloon uh, to somebody and, and she listened to that and she's like, yeah, this is really good. And then she's like, yeah, check out, you know, another album now. And then she threw on like, you know, murder the universe uh, oh. <laughs> or, or she, she saw murder the universe. She was just like, okay. I don't know if I like this band. Like it's just. Uh, it's hard to believe they're the same band. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. That's, that's exactly, that's why I love them, you know, and it's, that's, um, I had the, actually the exact same thing. I told someone to listen to Paper Mache, and she did. And then she's like, "Oh, what else should I listen to?" Like, well, you know, she enjoyed that. But I ended up saying Fishies, and um, and she enjoyed that as well. So mm -hmm. we'll see. I don't know what to recommend next. Really, after that, maybe Quarters, maybe Sketches. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Qu Quarters is a good one. Um, although, although I I kind of fucked it up for my friend. Uh, like I was telling about quarters and I was just like, yeah. And it's called quarters because it's four songs are all the same length. And he was just like, Oh fuck. It's one of these gimmicks. Okay. And so like yeah. that just ruined the river for him. Yeah. Uh, and it, like, he wasn't able to give it, give it all like an earnest listen. Yeah. Um, it's in some ways I feel it's better just to let people figure out for themselves because I'm the same. If I recommend something to someone, I don't just say listen to this album. I end up telling them the history of the album and every detail about how the Gizverse works, and then yeah. put them off the, off the album. <laughs> like they're not interested. Yeah, exactly. It's just like we, I don't know. It's very. It seems very easy for Gizheads to just get kind of lost in in yeah. the Gizverse and just get lost in in your own world because it's just like that's the thing. Like when you become a super fan, like it's because the music hit you on such a level that it's just impossible to fully explain. Hence why I yeah. have this podcast and I still haven't found the fucking answer. 
yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's I um I mean I often think about it as I think it's probably been said before, but um kids are basically just a, a modern day Grateful Dead or Pink Floyd or something. They're just they have these massive fan bases that people know about and but you, you you know, you get a deadhead, you know, or, you know, you get these people who are part of this cult, which mm-hmm. we basically are, you know, it's, yeah, it's amazing that there are these fan bases and the people are so nice, you know, um, let's say when I went on the tour last year and followed them around, I went solo and uh, apart from the first night, um, I just ended up chatting to people, you know, other good heads and I met a guy, again with a gator tattoo and we just hit it off, you know, we just made good friends and yeah. it's so cool how, there's this community, you know, it's, I've never heard of anything like this to any other band I've ever seen, you know? Dude, I mean, like, The Grateful Dead is the closest you can come, yeah. and, and I, and it, you could argue that the dead, the King Gizzard isn't quite at that level of, like, you know, yeah. camaraderie, cause, simply because they haven't been around for 20 years, uh, yeah. but, I mean, the, the Dead are just a, a fascinating band, and, and just in terms of how, of how you let something grow organically um yeah and oh, uh, man. yeah. it's it's unreal again to bring it back you know they had the whole they were taper friendly just just like this you know they had sections of the crowd where people could bring their own equipment and record that's yeah. and, they, and they had shakedown street you know the uh, <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> like, like just like you know unsanctioned yet sort of sanctioned merch like it's because yeah, yeah. they were the first band that actually had merch because it was made by the fans like they were just yeah. like they yeah, just show in... support. yeah and it was just you're like, a deadhead i'm a deadhead yeah i i mean yeah. It, it's it created a, it's just a, a really beautiful community and like i i keep talking about this book on this podcast but it's, it's called everything i know about business i learned from the grateful dead and they they talk about um just how like important it is if you want a good business for it to be something that people legitimately love and that it's something that is basically symbiotic. You want to create that okay. symbiotic relationship and, uh, um, and just by having people uh, like creating these spaces for people just to gather and meet and, and like be one with each other. It's Safe sick. Yeah. And like, and what I learned is that there are a lot of people who would uh, continue, you know, like, uh, like being pen pals uh with people oh, wow. met at shows and like so they'd be you know sending them sending each other postcards and stuff and then internet comes around in the 80s and they start emailing each other and like yeah. all of a sudden they're like the dead was one of the first bands that had uh that had like an email mailing list um, all right and uh oh, wow. <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's just fascinating how all that yeah plays out it's it's just again it's just uh, the community is just it's unreal man um like i say it's it's just amazing that this i've not heard of it happening with another modern band really like obviously there's fans for every band but i've never heard of there being these communities for any other band just now that are all friendly you know everyone's especially when i think if someone hears the name king gizzard and lizard wizards they're probably gonna think oh some crazy metal band but actually everyone's really nice you know everyone gets together has a good time it's unreal it's just the coolest thing yeah well and, and also like metalheads a lot of the time are some of the nicest people you're ever going to meet yeah, yeah. like it, it, it's like they worked out all of their rage with the music and then all of a sudden there's like ha, ha, ha we got it all out of our system let's hang yeah. like <laughs> yeah. we're all here for the same thing we're all here to enjoy the music you know yeah yeah 
and, and just, you know, whatever it brings. Um, but uh, I think we'll, we'll get to wrapping up pretty soon. But um, uh, yeah. before I let you go, just, uh, you know, what's something that you've been sort of thinking about chewing on that um, uh, that's gives related that we haven't talked about yet? Um, hmm. Or just music related. It doesn't have to be gives. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. Um, like I say, just I'm, I'm, I don't know why I always have this thing of thinking of the future and how they're going to be looked at in a couple of years, you know. And it's it's just it's such a weird thing to think about, obviously. But I just I genuinely think that they're going to be looked back on as this, obviously this cult. But um, this big band had a big impact. It's great, a ton of great things, and then. People might then look into them and then realize, oh, actually, there's the Murlocs, there's so on. There's all these great bands. So it's not just this one really good band. There's so much that goes with the band. But then on another level, you've got the fans. You've got all these nice people. It all works together so well. It's just, I always, I don't know why, I just always think about in the future looking back and how they're going to be perceived. And it's, it's weird to think about, but I think it's going to be good. It's going to be a good thing. I, I I don't see how it couldn't be, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, yeah. but like, uh, but you know, that, that's something that I love about King Gizzard is that they, they do such a good job of promoting their friends and, yeah. and yeah. like legitimately like enjoying what their friends are doing artistically. And, yeah. I mean, they're, it's they're just so, they're, they're really down to earth guys. That's what I really like about them. They, yeah. In a way, in a way they just don't really care about, you know, like bootlegging and, I remember um, they, years ago, they shared a link on their Facebook page to a torrent of their discography. You know, they just don't care, you know? They're yeah. just having a good time and enjoying it while it lasts, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, like, what was it? In Spain or Italy last year, uh, Eric saw, like, a, a bootleg merch guy outside. Oh, yeah, uh, so, yeah. So he, he talked him down from 15 euros to 10. Uh, yeah, the guy <laughs> didn't even know, yeah. Yeah, and fucking hilarious uh, <laughs> yeah it's just like you know they, they just have such a nuanced approach to you know their creativity and 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 just how to live that i i yeah. just i just think it's something that we can all aspire to yeah um, it's it's really nice to, to see like say and it's it's quite inspiring as well to know that even in this day of age of you know and um, spotify and all these major companies that people can still put a band together Mm-hmm. make their own label and make it quite big you know it's it's amazing it still works you know it's i love it yeah i mean that that's that's the whole thing it like you know it makes you question like the whole concept of marketing like you know let the product uh advertise itself like it's yeah. like the if the product is good people will buy it you know yeah like absolutely. like uh my fa- my favorite comedian uh doug stanhope has uh oh, uh, I love he, he, oh of course you do, Scotland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like, you know, hey, by applause, who here loves drugs? Everybody applauds. Ever see him advertised? Like, <laughs> it's... That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> Classic, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Earl, Boogeyman Sam, thank you so much for coming on the, on the podcast. This is a really fun conversation. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Hopefully do it again soon. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> look forward to the future bootlegs. Oh, it won't be too far away. All right. Take it easy. Thanks a lot, man. Cheers.